Hello, Mind Bloomers. This is Mind Bloom, the safe space at the intersection of mental health advocacy and breast cancer awareness. Mind Bloom is your podcast. Come back weekly and listen to my guests as they reflect on their close encounters with emotional disorders and breast cancer. Not an easy task, but we promise to make your mind bloom. Hello, Mind Bloomers. This is Marina G, your host, and this is Mind Bloom. Please remember, the content provided by Mind Bloom is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment because of any content referenced or authored by Mind Bloom You. Hi guys, hello and welcome to episode 51 of Mind Bloom. Mind Bloom is turning one year on June 10th and I can't wait to start celebrating with you. We're going to have special lives on Instagram. I'm thinking from June 1st through June 10th special lives on Instagram with the people I love, with the people that came into my life over the last year and the people I want to stay right there in my life. We are planning on doing some fun rooms on Clubhouse as well. So if you are not a part of Clubhouse yet, just uh, contact me. I have tons of invites and tons of links I can share with you. And you just immediately become part of the Clubhouse fam. So tons of good celebrations, tons of shout outs to my people, my friends, my community, the people that made mind bloom what it is today so it's just in well celebrations start in five days really and i cannot wait to see you there please find mind bloom on all things social media at mind bloom you my website is mindbloomyou.com through the website you can also book a guest appearance on the blog or on the podcast, or a fun collaboration on Clubhouse and on Instagram. You can invite me to be a guest on your podcast. Anything is possible. And now that we're reaching one year, I feel stronger than ever. I feel more sure than ever that this was the right thing to do. And Mind Bloom is... As much a part of my life as Bianca is, or New York City, it's just one of those things that you have to integrate when you define Marina G. We are still in May, so we are still celebrating and honoring May Mental Health Awareness Month. I have been opening up about my 
own mental health, my own anxiety disorder, my panic disorder, my proneness to depression, and not just here on the podcast, but also on uh, Clubhouse and Instagram mostly. On Instagram this week, I released a reel about um, taking antidepressants and about normalizing it. Uh, it did pretty well. It did not go viral or anything like that, but it did very, very well. And I had tons of comments and engagement, and that's really what matters. Other podcasters were reaching out and saying, I feel I'm always falling back into food and other failed coping mechanisms. I received uh, extremely mindful insights from Dr. Alexia, who was interviewed here uh, maybe a month or two ago. She was saying, yeah, normalize it already. Make mental health and taking care of our minds a daily routine and an integral part of the healthcare system. And then on Clubhouse, of course, I'm an open book. I like to share my history with generalized anxiety disorder, with panic disorder, and um, a long time journey with, with clinical depression. I have not felt the prongs of clinical depression since... 2010, 2012, it took a few years. Uh, it first started in 2008. And for about two years, I was completely immersed in a very intense clinical depression that got me bedridden. And I lost weight. I could not eat. I did not eat at all. And I did didn't have any motivations to leave my bed, to leave my house. It just uh, was uh, the culmination of those symptoms you feel where I was telling you about that I felt and feel with generalized anxiety disorder. Uh, this, this dread of leaving the house, this fear and worry about anything and everything this suspicion that everyone and every event is out to to kill us and then ultimately it just bleeds into other things of your life you know every food you intake is bound to kill you so why eat if you get out of bed you are bound to uh, feel sick or weary so why get up go back to sleep because it's so painful to stay awake. But with a lot of work done on myself, I now know the symptoms and the first telltale signs of clinical depression and how it manifests in me. And therefore, I am able to ask for help um, right before that happens. I do not let it happen again. I have not. And I hope I never will because it's debilitating, it's painful beyond any measure, and it's muffling of your voice, of your intentions. All of that disappears when you're shrouded in, in this in the dark cloud of, of depression. I really cannot 
I'm not trying to sound pretty. I really cannot describe it in any other way. It's just this pervasive, silent feeling that stays with you for months on end. And it sneaks up on you. You don't even notice because the changes in your brain happen very, very slowly. You know, one day you choose not to have dessert. And that, that was one of your favorite things, but you choose not to anymore. The next day is you stay in bed another 30 minutes because why get up? And um, before you know it, you're not meeting your friends. You're not even calling them or your family. You're not reading or, or listening to music. You're not exercising. Basically, you're just eliminating everything from your life because your brain is ill and is telling you that life is not worth living. Uh, socialization is not worth having. Challenges are, are scary and therefore should be eliminated. And I can see how a lot of people wouldn't understand the pain associated with this state. But it's really not a matter of snapping out of it. It's not a matter of uh, getting up and going and being strong. Um, it's not sadness and it's not depressive mood. You're not sad and depressed because you lost your job or, uh, you know, something happened in your life. When this happened to me in 2008, I had nothing to really complain about, let's say. Uh, in other words, I had not gone through any major changes in my life. I had just come back to Portugal from, from a wonderful year in Stanford, Palo Alto. I was on my second, maybe third year of my PhD, second, I think. I was doing my research. I was also going to Switzerland for three months for some more research. I mean, I had, you know, my colleagues, my peers from work. I was traveling the world really to give talks and meet other researchers, uh, you know, involved in the same or similar topics. So I really had nothing going against me. I was on a full ride scholarship and my days were spent just as I had imagined in my most wonderful dreams that I could be a researcher. I could spend all the hours in the day reading and writing and talking about these important topics. But I was really ill and I didn't know it. And because it doesn't happen overnight, like you break a leg or something, no, you, it just, it settles in and depression makes itself comfortable and stays there for a few months and then years perhaps and you don't even notice. Until perhaps, and that was my case, until perhaps your life um, starts being in danger. In this case, I was not nourishing myself. I was not eating. And when I say not eating, I literally I was not putting any food in my mouth. And it wasn't for any particular reason I was trying to lose weight or I was going into anorexia. It was nothing like that. It was just that I did not have the strength, the, the, the energy, the motivation, the reason 
to lift my hand, my arm up to my mouth. So luckily, and because uh, this, I was feeling so much pain at the same time, I got the number of a therapist. I started seeing them and a few weeks later, they referred me to a psychiatrist. And then that's when I started getting treatment for this episode, um, this long-standing episode of clinical depression. But I'm happy to say that was more than 12 years ago and it's behind me. I learned so much from it. So I now know what my symptoms are if I stop eating if I lose my appetite, if I start not getting out of bed, or, uh, and this happens frequently, if I start napping too much, wanting to be in bed too much, I know something is up. But instead of resisting it, instead of calling myself names or throwing all sorts of toxic positivity at me, I instead I ask for help from my medical team, from my psychology team, and we talk it out. I also reach out to a few of my friends who know what this is like, or some of my friends that who've known me for many, many, many years and know now that I'm, I'm not kidding when I mention depression. So if there's a takeaway here, and I don't know if there is one, but I, I would say it is know thyself. I mean, it eventually all circles back to self-awareness and just being mindful, paying attention to what's going on with you in your body. Yes, you're, you're losing your appetite, you're losing your sleep or you're sleeping way too much. Um, you have back pain you stopped exercising. I don't know. So either what's happening in your body and perhaps taking some time to connect it, to connect what is happening in your body to what is perhaps happening in your, in your mind. What tricks is it playing on you? Of course, sometimes to know yourself, you need to go through these episodes or through these experiences, sometimes there's just no other way around it but through. And it's unfortunate, I know, but you do learn. You do learn and then you can teach others or uh, uh, orient, guide others. If I see a friend of mine, if I, you know, if I notice that they're crying convulsively for, you know, basically no reason, or again, losing appetite, not sleeping, I don't know, taking up smoking again, drinking too much, skipping therapy sessions, breaking up with uh, uh, loved ones, you know, just negative, almost response-like and reactive responses and protective responses, self-protective responses to other things that may be going on in in your mind uh, uh, things that your brain may be making up to protect you the most ironic thing is that uh, the brain will only do this to protect you it's warning you that it's not safe here 
It's warning you that food may be bad for you. It's just a little bit off-kelter, the poor thing. In most cases, it's lacking serotonin. It's not completing its synapses in the best way. And our brains are short-circuiting very frequently. And we're interpreting these messages wrongly or, uh, I don't know exactly, the brain is producing them nonstop and we start believing in it. And then, of course, because this happens uninterruptedly, we just become exhausted and pray to these same thoughts that are hurting us already. So we do not have, because we're so depleted, we do not have um, tools at our disposal to brush away, even if ever so gently, these negative and, and intrusive thoughts. So we just, we just surrender to them. And when that happens, well, then that's when uh, depression wins. The reason why it's also easy to fall back into depression is that because it's a familiar space. In conversations with other friends, I've, uh, we've come to this conclusion that it's almost cozy, it's dark and quiet in there. No one really disturbs us because we're not reaching out to anyone and we're not letting anyone in. And it's very quiet because we sleep most of the time or we're just practically catatonic and numbed by, it could be alcohol, it could be TV, it could be shopping, it could be sugar. It's like this deceiving warm blanket and because it's so familiar, it, it just is so tempting to go back to it. I think I'm just going to say as well that it's, it's almost addictive because it's almost like you choose to live forever in a rainy Sunday afternoon where you're just binging on Netflix. But that sounds cozy and nice and warm indeed, but imagine not being able, not having the energy to, to get out of that rainy, sunny day. And all you see day after day is rain outside your window and cold and damp. And it's always the same show on Netflix over and over again. But you can't turn off the TV. And then your muscles start aching because you're always on your couch. And you're no longer exercising or going out. And then remember that little guilt we feel when we splurge a little bit. We went on Target online and we splurged a little bit. So that's also something that will never, will not go away during these rainy Sundays. Or the guilt you feel when you eat too much pizza or too many Oreos. And then you're like, okay, tomorrow's Monday. I'm going to be good starting tomorrow 
But even if you don't, right, you, you, you think about that. Well, again, in this case, the rainy Sunday with Netflix, you stay in the shame and in the guilt of way too many Oreos, way too much pizza, way too much beer or wine. And you stay there and you say to yourself, um, see, this is me. What's the point? I am not worthy of anyone's love. I am not lovable. I am shameful. I lack any self-discipline. And I deserve this. I deserve the shame, the guilt, the punishment, the pain. And so I make the decision of just staying here. In this Sunday, it's raining outside and I'm watching the same freaking movie again and again and again. So that is, I guess, my best description of uh, clinical depression. Again, remember, it's very silent. It takes a while to get settled, but it sneaks in. It finds a cozy spot in your brain. And it just starts mining and mining and drilling and penetrating until it becomes you. So please beware of signs in your children, signs of this in your friends, in your relatives and family and loved ones. A slow loss of motivation. A smile that disappears from a face for a long time. A gradual loss of appetite. Insomnia every night. Or too much sleep. The symptoms can be varied and they of course vary from person to person. But today in this episode that is my only intent is to raise awareness to mental illness, mental issues, mental disorders that are, in this case, familiar to me, that I know intimately, unfortunately. So please reach out anytime. Again, you can find me on social media at mindbloomu. Please send me an email at info at mindbloomu.com. The website, again, is mindbloomu.com. And I look forward to chatting with you soon, interacting with you on Instagram, on Clubhouse. But I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and TikTok. Oh, and YouTube. So be well, guys. Be aware. Be normalizing mental health and the lack thereof. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.